Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I'm Josh. And I am the better looking and more mature and more intelligent. I'm Jimmy, his father. And what you mean by that is old. Yes. You're old. We are so excited to have Andrea Logan White on the show today. Andrea, thank you so much for being on. Oh, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Andrea is a wife, mother, actress, producer, as well as speaker, as well as an author. We're here to talk about her latest book today. Some of the television shows that she's notably been in is The X Show, Fear Factor, Hitting the Brakes. Josh, Josh, you know what? This this just isn't working for me. Oh, Lord, where are you going and, with this? Um, you talk to my agent. I'm going to be in my trailer. Andrea, did that make you feel more at home? I was trying to be a temperamental actor. Yes, you need to slam the door and say, I need water. <laughs> Perfect. Make up. Can I continue? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Good. Go ahead. She's also been in her notable movies, her mom's night out, as well as Do You Believe? Her latest book, and Andrea, I'm sorry, is this, is this your first book? It is. First book, yep. So her first book is Perfectly Unfinished. Kind of, Andrea, tell us about the message behind that and really your hopes for the reader. Sure. Well, you know, I, I had a messy life growing up. I, I was not a believer. So, um, you know, I grew up in a divorced home. And and after coming to, to Christ as a, a young Christian in Hollywood, trying to, you know, make life work without God, it doesn't really work. And so... Um, I had a, a very messy upbringing and divorced home. I think I just said that, but uh, eating disorders, um, very, very uh, insecure, low self-esteem when I grew up. And, and I feel like, you know, when you don't have the revelation of God's love or you're, you grow up in a home that's, that's not very nurturing and emotionally sterile, you start to wonder what's wrong with you. And I always say I was the invisible child because I felt ignored. Um, and so... With that comes, uh, you know, kind of a spirit of perfectionism because you feel like you need to earn God's love. You need to earn your parents' love. Well, you're, you know, and you're not getting attention, so you're not, well, there's something wrong with me. I'm not smart. I'm not pretty. I'm, I must, I need to do better. And so um, my mom left when I was 16 to, to go remarry. And um, the only thing looking back that I could control was uh, food. So then the anorexia started and, and I got down to a, you know, a de I almost died from it, and uh, that's something that I could control. Mm -hmm. And um, I experimented with drugs, and I was dating boys, and it, it, I was a I was a broken girl. I always was an old soul, but you know, it's it's that. And then coming to to Christ uh, after hitting rock bottom in Hollywood, I came to pursue my dream of acting, but I didn't have the Lord, and so I had no foundation. And I was introduced to. To LA by the Playboy Mansion. So I was in literally in Satan's den. Um, and then, you know, once you come to Christ, you, you, I, I can always love others 
unconditionally. I can love my children. I can love my husband. I have grace and mercy towards them. But coming from that perfectionism, I had a hard time receiving God's love. And then once I became a believer, I was in the word, on fire, thought that, okay, I'm healed. God is God is faithful. I'm healed. And I was, I was uh, 21 when I gave my life to the Lord. So that was three years ago, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I was a little naive and I, I'm so passionate about, about, um, my story because I love messed up people and I'm one of them. And I, I want people to know that just because I gave my life to God and became a Christian life didn't get easy. In fact, it got harder. Um, so that's it in a nutshell. I don't want to give my whole book away, but there's just twists and turns and I'm pretty much bare many skeletons in my closet, but I truly believe we share each other's stories to heal and we don't go through all of this pain just to, um, you know, just for ourselves that we, we need to share and bear another bear each other's burdens. And so I, uh, uh, my skeletons will be, will be shown to the world in a few months here. (laughs) Now you mentioned just that you, you mentioned a story that you were trying to earn others as well as probably at some level, God's love and affection. And yet you had this inability at that point to really receive God, God's love that is, was freely there, freely given. You just couldn't receive it properly. Tell me, what do you think the relationship of being so hungry and starving for love and affection and yet this inability to actually receive it? What do you think is, is kind of the, the issue behind that relationship? Well, you know, I think it's, most of us don't have the ideal upbringing, and so when we don't have an earthly father that loves us or nurtures us or says that I love you, it's very hard to grasp the father's love. And we, we know it from a heart level, but, but I think we have trauma from our past and subconscious patterns that, and I'm learning so much even now, um, raising my own children, but patterns that we don't know that we do, but are results from, you know, from growing up. And so I think, even the years of, of eating disorders and searching for that, that, that emptiness, um, it's a perfect symbol. And, and, you know, and I, I see that that's a priority for my children to really, maybe I overdo it with the affection or I overdo it with, the, with nurturing them. But I, I know what I needed as a kid and I needed an adult or my parents to look me in the eye and say, I love you. I'm here for me. I'm here for you. And what I try to tell my kids on a daily basis is mommy and daddy might get mad at you. We, we might get frustrated. You know, you're not always going to be perfect, but there's nothing that you can do to make me stop loving you. And I want you to know that. And, um, and I think that the blessing is, is that I, I get to be able to undo, you know, the mess that I had growing up that I can, I can practice on my children and, and try to get it right with my own children. It's pretty interesting so far about how similar our stories are. I, too, uh, was a struggling actor. I was a gunfighter at Six Flags Over Texas. So very similar backgrounds. Nice. Uh, and I, too, was introduced to L.A. through the Playboy Mansion. So, uh, I th- Are you kidding me? I yes, know. Yes, he's I, kidding. Yes, That's I'm so sorry. Terrible, yes. Jimbo. <laughs> Just... There was a, several interesting things you said. First of all, I was a I was a young Christian in Hollywood. You just don't hear that statement very often. You must have felt like you had two heads or something. You know, being a young Christian, a believer, and Hollywood seemed to to just be polar opposites of each other. What was that like 
trying to be a believer in Hollywood? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, the first few years I was not. So I'll back up and, and, and tell you that part because that part was the harder part. Um, because when you don't have what I always tell people, if you're gonna if you if you're gonna be a Christian and be in Hollywood, make sure you're you're in a local church and make sure you have either a small group or close Christian friends that can keep you accountable because that's everything. Mm-hmm. The, um and if I you know, not having that I like I walked into the Playboy Mansion when I was 19 years old, and I see Leonardo DiCaprio and George Clooney and all of these celebrities, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And these perfect, beautiful blondes with perfect bodies, and um, and I kind of got swept into that scene, and I didn't, I didn't know God, so that's how I hit pretty hard, and so that is, um, oh my gosh, thinking of my own children to to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have everything handed to you, and this, and unfortunately, most celebrities don't know Jesus. Let's be honest here. And um, you know, there's drugs and there's infidelity, and it's like all of that. When I looking back at that, that was normal to me. I was numb mm-hmm. to sin, and so um, I had to hit rock bottom and and have that moment of I'm either going to kill myself with um, with drugs or or something else, or I need a, a, a breakthrough here. And, and God was faithful and I cried out to God and that story is in my book. But so then I, then I drastically turned my life around, but it took me a good year for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to say, uh, you shouldn't really be dating three guys, Andrea. And, <laughs> and so it, it took a while, but I, I feel like once you take even one step, God is so faithful because God knew that I needed a tangible presence of him that, you know, I just started going to church. And then all of a sudden it was like all these Christians started coming out of the woodwork. But I feel like it was, it was that step of faith for me to say, I need to get my life turned around. I am a mess. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm supporting myself. I moved to LA with $350 in my bank account and my green Isuzu Amigo and my dream to be an actress. (laughs) And, um, and I was a mess, but, but that act of faith of me saying, okay, I'm going to go to church, uh, and then God really started moving, and slowly but surely, I had the conviction, and the Holy Spirit started working on my heart and in my life, and I couldn't do the things that I was doing before. And God is so gentle. He's such a gentleman, and He's not going to make you feel guilty. You can still go do do your sin, but once once God gets your heart, it's not fun anymore. And um, and so I just started surrounding myself with believers and started going to church and. And I met David there, and um, and he was—he's eight years older than me, which I'm not going to say our age because he would not be thrilled about that. <laughs> but he was—he was ready to find his wife, and I was like, "Oh no, I am not dating anybody. I'm dating Jesus. I don't want anything to do with guys." And so God protected me for a good year there until I, He grew me up a little. And um, and then when when David asked me out, he. I said, well, just so you know, I'm not dating you or anybody else. He goes, well, that's fine. I'm dating you. And um, <laughs> and so it was uh, God had to grow me up a little bit. And, and it still wasn't easy. I, I got married when I was younger, but he's been faithful and we've been together. We celebrated our, our 14th wedding anniversary just uh, this last month. So Congrats. Um, God is good. Thank you. Yeah, it's not easy, he- but. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. 
Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo we, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see, see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. You mentioned previously eating disorders, and although you sought professional treatment for that, you know, you kind of fell back into old patterns at times. What kind of allowed you to finally break free? You know, it was an act of God because I, it was really, my oldest is 11 and it was about 12 years ago and I was crying out to God. And this is another big part of why I want to share my story because I was crying out to God on my knees every single day, searching for, and I, I did see a counselor, but searching for books, Christian books that how to get out of this this behavior of bulimia and because the, the anorexia switched to the bulimia and it didn't even change. I didn't even, ha- I wasn't even bulimic until the, the week that I started dating my husband. And so I don't know you guys as, as seeing multiple therapists, you probably would know more than me, but I think it was probably a fear of intimacy. And, um, and David was the first man that loved me for me and he was safe and he loved God. And he was a Christian man that, that honored him, honored God. And um, and then I had old wounds that somehow were were brought up, and and so then I continued to struggle for a few years there, and I could not find a book in the faith world that could help me get out of this behavior, and I was destroying myself, and and I thought, okay, I'm a born again, uh, Jesus loving believer. I call myself a Christian, and I'm killing myself, and it's like I could relate to the drug addict in the alley more so than the beautiful church girl on a church pew. And so I was like, I, I can't, what, what's, what's the deal here? And it took me getting pregnant miraculously to stop abusing and hurting myself, to know that I, God knew I couldn't do it for myself, that I didn't love myself enough, but he knew that I would love this unborn child more than anything. And I took a pregnancy test, found out I was pregnant, threw up, threw up my lunch, and you know, re- remained abstinent for a good nine years of, of wow. that. And, and um, so, you know, it's a journey and the, I feel like it's, it's never over. I, I took a lot of pride in, in that and um, it continues. And, and sometimes the, the behavior tries to come back when I get, I, I deal with some chronic illness with migraines, but I'm not that person anymore. I don't need that type of behavior to abuse myself. Um, but doesn't mean that I don't need to keep my house swept clean, <laughs> says in the word. And, you know, um, anyways, I could go on and on. I tell you, I think one of the great quotes from your book that is that just has universal appeal and that so many people, be they women, be they men, young, old, need to hear, you said, God had a role for me in his kingdom. 
And that role was not, I love this, that role was not going to be taken away because of my weakness. His compassion for me was not diminished by my own inclination towards sin. God didn't hate me. He loved me. When did you come to that realization? Well, you know, I think it's just a matter of you you come to a certain age and you grow you go through so many trials in life and you realize God is unconditional. He is love. He is for you and not against you. And uh I had to either continue to go down a road of beating myself up and abusing myself, I call it the Nazi in my head, or truly freely love and receive his grace and mercy. And and do I believe, am I a Christian, and do I believe what God did? I mean, if Jesus took our sins, I either have to believe that, or I have to continue beating myself up and, and taking the lashings on myself. And it, so it started, it, it came to a point of, I either believe God did what he did for all of us, or I'm going to continue on this path of destruction and just think that, well, I'm not good enough. And and I, I just had to come to the revelation, no matter what I do, I'm going to fall every single day. And um, I think it's such a gift to be able to raise kids in faith because we all screw up, even in, 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 in parenting. We're not the perfect parents. And in today's day, there's so much getting thrown at you and the pressure of social media, but it's not going to get you anywhere. We either have to spend time in the Word and really believe what we believe. And, um, you know, I always say action speaks, speaks louder than words. And so we, we have to be, do faith and faith in action. And sometimes it's not pretty, but, um, you know, I got tired of hating myself. Let's be real yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And you just, you know, you described just, it came to a point where you just had to accept it. Like it, it was fact and it was out there, it was before you, but you just had to get to a place where you just accepted it. Um, Andrea, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Now, you know, Austin has a has a huge film, television, you know, uh, Austin's really hot for that sort of thing. So if you're ever here, because you and I don't, you know, I don't say this to everybody, but you're one of my favorite guests. So if you ever, you and your husband are ever in Austin, I'm going to treat you to enchiladas It's going to be completely and totally on me. <laughs> Uh, do you, and I and I do that for my favorite guests. Yes, I'm yes, he does. Sure I'm one of the. Oh, I'm yes. sure I'm the only favorite guest. There we go. <laughs> yes, she picked up. That's he exactly. literally says that to everyone, Andrea. So my apologies for that awkwardness. If you want, I, I mean, incredible wisdom, uh, incredible insight, and not from just somebody that sat and read a book, but someone that lived it and not only lived the hard times, but lived the change that God produced in her life. If you want more information, please visit her on her website. It is andrealoganwhite.com. You can find her on Twitter. Twitter, it is A. Logan White. Facebook is Andrea Logan White page. And then Instagram is Andrea Logan White. Andrea, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jimmy and Josh. I appreciate you guys and for all that you do. She was a sweetheart. Great. Absolutely great. And that's, I mean, the, like we all have struggles and we all have, you know, what is it? Um, uh, my favorite movie in the world that I can't remember. He called him. Uh, Aladdin. <laughs> Chitty him Chitty Bang Bang. Piccadillo's. Goodwill Hunting. 
Wasn't chitty chitty bang bang. No, no, but, no. No, we all have picadillos. You know, just secrets. You know, things about us. Does she, your does your wife fart and scare the dog? She has nice nice reference there. Yeah, she How about has them apples. She has. Inc- I could go on. Oh you want me to gosh. keep going? She has incredible wisdom because she's lived it. Yeah, she's not somebody that studied. She read books on the subject, but she's not somebody that sat in a room and read a book. She lived it. And through that, this incredible faith was really birthed, and then certainly it grew. And I love it. You know, what she came out of, you know, basically dad deserting the family, mom having to work, you know, she basically raised herself and her siblings, the eating disorder, the feeling of unworthiness, and then just to be sucked into the Hotel California, where you check in, but you can never leave. She's at the Playboy Mansion. It's 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 almost like this cross in the switchblade kind of thing. She it, it was this ultimate allure away from God, from her upbringing to then where she was and the career that she chose to pursue. Everything seemed to have been stacked against her, and yet his love broke through. Yeah, and I, I asked a awkward, I think an awkward question. It didn't really come out right, but no, I was trying. Yeah, it was awkward. I was trying to highlight. You know, it's it's if we're too if we starve too much for love and affection, we have this in this weird, surprising inability to receive it. It's when we're too hungry. You know, we 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 have to get to a place exactly like Andrea was saying, where we're not starving and we're not searching. We just accept that which is right in front of us mm-hmm. uh, by loving friends, loving family, and a loving God. If we just stop the pursuit that's when we're able to actually accept the love and affection and the worth and the value. So incredible, incredible stuff. Definitely check her out at her website. Book is out, yeah, and her book is out in September. And so if you want more information about the show, as well as links to everything that we talked about, paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find the show as well as us, Jimmy and Josh, individually on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram there at our website as well. It was good. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Take care. Hasta luego. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. It's the book you never dream of writing to be, yeah. To be sure, uh, it's it's devotional for women or spouses who are going through betrayal. And so it's not something I ever thought, oh, someday I'm going to write this book. <laughs> it really was birthed out of, of pain, out of struggle. And yet through that struggle and the hardship that I, I faced in my relationship, God just brought redemption mm-hmm. and there were so many thoughts and stories and scriptures and ideas that like helped me get out of bed in the morning. 